0: All right, so we are continuing this series. I love my church, and what, what I'm looking at is um, the when we commit in the church, when we take the, the membership vows. What does that mean? You know, when I say that I'm going to support the church with my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, and my witness. So that's what we're looking at. Last week we looked at what that means when we're talking about supporting the church with our prayer. That we're going to be involved in. We're going to pray for one another, and. And there's still directories in the back if you want to grab one and pray for each other throughout the week. Uh, we have that, the prayer sheet. There's a lot that we can do when we lift each other up and encourage one another in prayer. Today I want to talk about presence. And let me say, first off, that this, of course, means that if we're in town, then, then we get to worship. That's because we, we come to the service whenever we're in town and able to do that. I was at a church once that looked at worship uh, this way, that it's one, it's 24-7, right? That, that a worship, living a worship lifestyle meant that we, we, we are worshiping uh, 24-7. It's everywhere that we go. And that if we are in town, then we were going to show up to church. That level of of presence is kind of understood, right? That's the expectation when we say that we're going to support the church by our presence. But doesn't presence mean something more than that? Doesn't it mean more than just coming to church? And don't we, given the price that was paid for us to have the Holy Spirit in us, That price, don't we have an inner drive to show that presence of God wherever we go and whatever we do? And so that's where I'm going this morning. So let me start with the scripture. I like scripture. Have you noticed that? Um, This is out of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 15 through 25. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says... This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Hallelujah, glory to God. And that's not in the passage, that was me. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. is faithful, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as the day approaches. And I want to jump to another passage that is referenced in this. This is out of Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34, since that's where that part of this passage comes from. It says, This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and I will write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they all will know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Now, this probably at that time when Jeremiah wrote it to the Israelites probably didn't make all that much sense because they were going into a temple. They weren't really sure about what that would mean. And what do you mean, write it on my heart? And, and this was written hundreds of years before Jesus. So, so for, for the Israelites in that time, it was probably like, you know, Jeremiah being Jeremiah. And it's like, okay, uh, he's saying stuff, and I know he's a prophet of God, but I don't quite get it, you know. But how about for us? Isn't it amazing? That we get to see clearly what Jesus or what Jeremiah is talking about. We get to see what he means that God, through the Holy Spirit indwelling, because God lives in us. Is that incredible? God lives in us. Wow. God lives in, say this, God lives in me. Now say it God lives in me. Yes, God lives in you. And it's a powerful, amazing kind of thing, right? He's now written his law on our hearts, and it's in our minds. It's amazing, but it's also quite costly. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, by the blood of Jesus, through the curtain that is his body. See, this most holy place is a reference to the Holy of Holies. And if it's in the tabernacle. It was in the temple. Um, it, was, it, God's, it was a place where God's presence dwelled. It was so if you look, you've got up here on this side, you've got where the Ark of the Covenant is, and then it's the veil or the curtain. This is the Holy of Holies, right? And this is the holy place of the greater room where the golden altar and the table of showbread and the golden menorah are. And this is the the tabernacle. This is the place. This the Holy of Holies was separated by the veil. It was separated by a curtain that because you couldn't go in there, God's the Holy Spirit, the holiness of God was dwelling in that place, and you couldn't just go in. Once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, a priest would would prepare themselves with what is referenced here with the cleaning and the washing and the cleansing so that they could go into the Holy of Holies and offer up prayers of atonement for the people of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant held the two tablets that held the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down. That's what's in the Holy of Holies separated by this veil. This veil is 60 feet long and, 30, you know, veil, you know, no, no. 60 feet long, 30 feet wide, or 60, yes, and, and was supposed to, was the width of a hand, four inches thick. I mean, this, this is not like a curtain in your room. This is not this. This is, this is a curtain But this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that's like this thick, 60 feet long, 30 feet wide, and this is what separated the tabernacle. This is what separated the greater room, the holy place, from the holy of holies. It's the holiest of holy places. And that's what's referenced in this passage. It's the place where God dwelt. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the, temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. The, t- the curtain of the temple, this little, this little curtain, was torn in two. From top to bottom. Four inches thick. Suddenly, torn in two. The earth shook. The rock split. The tombs broke open. The veil being torn in two signifies an incredible thing. The separation, the separation between God and us, which was bigger than four inches, by the way, was ripped in two by Jesus. The sacrifice that Jesus made through the sacrifice, through him giving up his life, everything changed. And here is that change. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred. You together are that temple. Do you know, do you know that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Do you know that? Church, I can't hear you. Do you know that? Because that is true. God's spirit dwells in your midst, but he wasn't done. This is Paul still in the same letter to Church of Corinth. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You realize, don't you, that God himself is present in Larry Talbert. He's present in Tammy Talbert, Hannah Talbert. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. Bridget Roberts, did you not know that God is present in you? Bonnie, it's true Will. It's crazy, isn't it, Libby? God is... Vicki, God is present. Oh, I'm not done. Hang on. (laughs) Lane. God is present in you. Did you not know that? Do you not know that? Cindy, is not it crazy? God, the creator of everything, is present in you. And Greg, Brad, oh my goodness, he's present in you. It's in, hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God in this crazy Eric. God's present in you. The veil is rent. I love the word rent. It's rent. And God is present. Therefore, you must honor God with your body. Here's the thing, and this is just incredible too. Where you, the believer, the follower, the disciple of Christ, where, where you go is where God goes. Now, I know God is everywhere. Don't mishear me. But where you go, God goes. Because, right, God is present where? Yeah. So where you go, God Go. So yes, by all means, show up to worship. But please understand that you are an ambassador and and that where you go, you carry the presence of God. As a believer, you carry the presence of God in you everywhere you go. So the idea of committing to support the church with your presence is a bit more than showing up on Sunday. Can I get an amen to that? Because it's more than that. You carry God's presence when you go to Sunday morning grow group or Tuesday night at the Davis's or celebrate recovery or grow to, grow to BU day school or I serve or to watch Christopher Robin as we did or to, to your school or to your work site. Is there Piggly Wiggly still here? Piggly Wiggly, if you were to find one, you'd get to go there. I saw one the other day. It's just in my head. The Publix and Kroger. Okay. Everywhere, everywhere that you go, the park, the the you know when you're out playing, where where my sport? Where's little P? Oh, he's gone. That's right. Well, when you're down went down there playing football and playing baseball, you know what? God's presence is with you. You're taking it with you everywhere that you go. The worksite, grocery store, on vacation. Did you know that everywhere you go on vacation, God is present in you. Everywhere you go, mm. it's amazing. This is our God. This is incredible what He does. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, not of us, of him. By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that was opened up for us through the curtain that is his body, through his sacrifice. That's the cost. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse. This is the reference to what the priests went through in order to enter the Holy of Holies. Being cleansed cleanses us from a guilty conscience. Having our body, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Did you know that? If you have condemnation, you do know that's not from God. So just know that, grab hold of that, latch on to it. Some of us live with a lot of condemnation. (laughs) You know, that's not from God. can be from ourselves, can be from other places. Heart sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. I'm telling you this morning that the price was costly for you to be able to carry God's presence within you. This was not a cheap thing. This took the life of Jesus. It took God coming down. It took God coming down, becoming human, living, and dying, and then rising from the dead. This is costly, this, this simple thing of God dwelling in us is extremely expensive. And I'm not guilt tripping anybody here. It's not about a guilt trip. It's simply the truth. Jesus tore down the veil. He tore down the curtain as God promised he would because God is faithful to his promises to us. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. Let us consider, I hope you consider this week, how you may spur one another on toward love and good deeds Not giving up meeting together. Yes, that's Sunday, but guess what? It's everywhere else. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I ended last week with the challenge to pray for one another, to encourage one another, and I want to do that again this week. If you are here and you look around and you see somebody who's not here, I want you to reach out to them. Okay? Okay? I know it's part of my role. I get it. But we are in this together. And if we don't do it together, it ain't going to happen. I'm one person. We are more. Reach out to people. Encourage one another. Somebody who po- the person that just popped up in your head, by the way, choose them. Somebody just popped up in somebody's head. Choose them. That's who you need to reach out to, to encourage them. Paul, or whoever the author of Hebrews was, people argue about it, challenged us to not give up on meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but to encourage one another. And it's really hard to encourage one another if we're not involved in one another's life. And there's a song that I wanted to end this message with. And it kind of brings this idea home of where our focus can be and needs to be. It's a Casting Crown song, and, and in it it's really the talks about the point of what I'm trying to get across. That when we are present and that we carry Jesus with us. Why you ever chose me? It's always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it's turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time So i I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul ever since you rescued me you gave my heart a song to sing living for the world to see nobody but Jesus living for the world Nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright. And David brought a rock to a sword fight. You pick 12 outsiders, nobody but a children and you change the world. Well, the moral of the story is everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, saying, Who do you think you are? I tell him, I'm nobody. Trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. And ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. So let me go down, down, down. As another blood-bought faithful member of the family And if they all forget my name well that's fine with me I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus So let me go down 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 in history As another blood-bought faithful member of the family And if they all well that's fine with me I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus cause I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody to save my soul ever since you rescued me you gave my heart a song to sing I'm living for the world Nobody but Jesus, living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus, living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. What if? What if we sought? What if this is our goal, so that when they look at us, they see him? What if that's our goal? What if we sought to be present, to be present, to allow God to speak through us, just to be available for whatever it is he wants to do? Everywhere we go, all those places, and the ones I didn't mention, what if we were living for the world to see? Nobody but Jesus. You know, I talked about a movement last week, that the church was supposed to be a movement founded in community and change lives. If they see Jesus in us, guess what's going to happen? That movement, it'll be powerful. Amen. Father, I pray for us. I pray for us here at Arbor Point Church at West Jackson. I pray that we would become what you had called us to be, that each of us would embrace who we are and let you use that for your glory. It's all about you, Lord. Let the world see you through us. Amen.
1: I read something this week that I want to share with you. Uh, Exodus 20:21 20, says the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. God wanted to reveal his glory to the children of Israel, but they were afraid to enter in his presence. They only wanted to know about God rather than know him personally like Moses did. So just one thing that we need to know, we do not need to fear entering the presence of God. We have to believe and know that God is a God of love. If he calls us into darkness in order to enter his presence, then that darkness will become a passageway to new, deeper levels of relationship with a God that wants to be in fellowship with all of us. Amen. Please stand and join us.